Welcome to episode 5 of Carol at Christmas, a story told in 12 parts. Let's begin. From the window of Carol's penthouse, the face of the clock tower's clock can be seen. It goes from 10 to 11, 11 to 12, and 12 to 1. Carol startles awake, gropes her way to the window, and peers outside. The clock tower reads a minute past one, yet it looks too light outside for the time. Robin, aka the ghost of Christmas past, floats in behind Carol as quiet as a church mouse. She is seated on a therapist's couch, steno pad and magic pencil in hand. Her reading glasses are perched on her nose. A cardigan drapes her shoulders. She is proper, patient, and caring. I couldn't have slept the whole day. Is it afternoon? It's past. Carol jumps onto her bed. It's you. You're... You're a spirit, specter, phantom. Yes, yes, and yes. More important to you, I'm your ghost of Christmas past. Call me Robin. All my clients do. I'm not your client. Right. You're my project. Mallory sent me. I'd rather not. Have help? Oh, Carol, did I make it sound like a choice there? You can't force me. There are rules. Robin rides her therapist couch to the bedroom door, blocking Carol's only exit, besides the window. Think of it like working out. You don't want to, but once you're done, you're glad you did. Carol runs to the window and tries to open it. Carol, don't solve a temporary problem with a permanent solution. Robin pats the seat next to her on the couch. Carol slinks over and slouches next to Robin. Couch rises from the ground and glides to the window. I thought you said. You're safe with me. The past is found where the air gets thick. Scared? Carol shakes her head in the negative as she trembles. Oh, just lay back, close your eyes, and scream as loud as you can. It'll make the ride feel faster. Carol lies back and closes her eyes. Robin puts her pencil to her steno pad. The pencil has certain magic powers. The window opens, the couch picks up speed, and Carol clings to the couch as she screams. The couch slows down as they hover above Carol's childhood home at the edge of a cul-de-sac full of upper-middle-class suburban homes. Carol points to a house at its center. That's my house. The couch nosedives. Carol closes her eyes, clutches the arm and back of the couch, and screams. As they fly into the family room of Carol's childhood home, Robin lands them in a tastefully decorated circa 1978 family room. Despite their speed, Carol doesn't even lose a slipper, though her feet were dangling over the couch's edge during much of the flight. A plate of holiday-shaped cut-out sugar cookies sits on the coffee table in front of the family room sofa. Robin takes two sugar cookies. She offers one to Carol. Carol declines. Robin eats both. Mmm. These are delicious. A six-year-old Carol wearing pink-footed pajamas snuggles on the couch with her dad, Will. He wears his pilot's uniform. They watch a children's version of A Christmas Carol on the television. She reaches for a cookie. Last one, Snugglebug. Young Carol nibbles along the cookie's edges. Or should I say little mouse? Will tickles young Carol's sides. She giggles. Grown Carol's eyes mist. Dad. Anna, 
an elegant woman with uncompromising standards, descends the stairs. She is Carol's mom and Will's wife. Hush, you two. You'll wake Sarah. Your dad was gone a lot, wasn't he? He always made it home for Christmas. Always. Robin touches her magic pencil to her steno pad. Her couch spins like a helicopter from the floor to the ceiling. Carol, as you might expect, screams. Ah! Carol and Robin spin up through the floor from the family room to the living room on Robin's couch. Carol looks nauseated. Robin smiles, content. Was that necessary? <laughs> oh, oh, Carol, oh, for my amusement, yes. It was. Young Carol, now 15, and her sister Sarah are both wrapping lights around the lone sign of Christmas in the room. A not yet decorated Christmas tree. Ornament filled plastic storage bins are beneath it. Anna, tipsy, enters armed with a glass of wine and a bodice ripping romance novel. Bed, both of you. We were just starting to decorate the tree. It's Christmas Eve. It's 9.30. Bed. Young Carol looks at her mom incredulous, bordering on scorn, the precursor of the resting you-know-what face that she's known for today. Sadly, for young Carol, it does not intimidate her mom. Anna, in this moment, is the OG of scornful sneers. Bed! Young Carol shakes her head and runs up the stairs. Sarah follows her. Can we go now? Robin puts her magic pencil to her steno pad. Her couch glides the two out the window. As it does, Carol shuts her eyes and clings to it again. She does not scream. They come in for a soft landing inside the airport where Christmas garlands and ornaments hang. Robin looks around and realizes that they are not quite in the right place. She puts her magical pencil to her steno pad once more. The couch lifts and glides slowly over to a bank of payphones where they hover above Will. A small suitcase rests at his feet. He grips a payphone receiver so tight his knuckles go white. Two packages of airline peanuts appear in Robin's hand. She offers one to Carol. Carol declines. Her eyes focus on Will. Oh, Dad. Let me talk to the girls. I want to wish them a Merry Christmas. It won't take more than five minutes. Come on, Anna, please. She said he was too busy having affairs and traveling the world to want anything to do with us. Some parents have a tough time facing the truth. The truth? Will hangs up the receiver. He picks it up and slams it down, picks it up and slams it down one more time, lifts his suitcase and walks on. Robin puts her magic pencil to her steno pad again. The couch zooms out an airport skylight. Carol lies back, shuts her eyes, and clings tight. Robin sits, proper as ever, on the couch's end. Carol opens one eye to look at Robin. How do you get used to this? I don't let worries steal my fun. They land outside the Crum and Jacob storefront window, but the storefront signs hold a different name, Clayton's. Before it was Crum and Jacob's, Clayton's was the Minneapolis department store to go to for all things fashionable. For the home, for work, for nights out, for the kids, and most important, for Christmas gifts. Through the window, they see fashionable young Mallory and smart young Carol dress mannequins in festive frocks circa 1994. The young women are 22. Their birthdays are separated by just one month and 11 days. Young Carol holds up one accessory after another to her mannequin, unsure of which looks best. Young Mallory takes one from young Carol's hands and fashions it onto the mannequin just right. Carol and Robin step through the window into the display. You're so good. One of us has to be, and humble. 
<laughs> Neither of us needs that. All four women step down from the window and walk into women's apparel. Young Mallory checks herself out in a mirror. She sucks in her cheeks, does a sultry pout, and adjusts her cleavage. She was a style. You were the substance, you know? That's what we'd say. Well, you know you sure did make those trains run on time, though. She made it fun. Ready for drinks? I have a date. Young Mallory rolls her eyes and pouts, sans sultriness. Young Carol's face falls. Oh, it's fine. Have fun. I'll find something or someone to do. Are you sure? Get out of here. Okay, <laughs> I'm going. Love you. Love you more. Do everything I do. 